Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to non-fiction. I'm your comic book culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Skyler Hausma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey, exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it is money, comic books, music, science, or the 99 cheese pizza, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. What was that? It's a camera flash. We know it's a camera flash. Who's behind the camera flash? Not my calculations. It's a girl. Now we gotta kill her. What? With kindness. Get us some powers on our dress. I got this. No, no, no. Give me the camera. Look, he's doing his Batman voice. She's so hot, I can feel my shell tightening. We can hear you. If you don't give me the camera, I'm gonna... Enough! Back off, Raph. I only saw Batman once. Ma'am, hello. I apologize. My colleague here forgot to say please. So, would you please end over the camera? No, 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 whoa, whoa, chill. It's just a mask. See? Don't freak out. Right? Oh, I think that went well. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 2014. And yes, there will be spoilers. Good. There should be spoilers. And yes, it is a Michael Bay movie. (laughs) It is not a Michael Bay movie. He produced it. It makes it a Michael Bay movie. Literally, it says a Jonathan Lipsman movie. Produced by Michael Bay. Yeah, one of. There's like three other producers. But Michael Bay. Oh, and by the way, listeners, in in case you can't catch that sweet quality taste, it's fresh. That's Asiago cheese on your pizza. <laughs> that is Ben and I in the studio. Skyler being a chump still. Skyping it in. <laughs> but we are He's here. Not even phoning it in. Phoning oh, it in. Literally phoning it in. Yes. Literally phoning it in. Uh, <laughs> so. I feel like Jared Leto. <laughs> That's topical. No. (laughs) We'll save that for later. We're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014. Who wants to give their opinions and or food analogies about how this movie works first? This movie is like a six cheese pizza because it's when you're thinking about it and watching the trailer, it's way more exciting than how it was to actually see it. Um, I saw this in theaters. I sat in the front row, and uh, Will Arnett is probably the best part because he has a couple lines that make me chuckle, and so he's funny and is supposed to be funny, and so that succeeds, uh, but all the action, everything, 
I was like, this happened in the trailer. And in the trailer, it was more exciting. Okay. It's a Michael Bay movie. Ooh. It is. It's like, it has certain hallmarks well, of his style. Yes, yes, it does adhere to his style. Yeah. But I don't want to be like, he didn't make the movie. Well, it's it's like how um, Chulahoma by the Black Keys is a White Stripes album. Oh. It's not the White Stripes doing it, but it's the White Stripes. <laughs> Uh, popcorn, Skyler. All right. Uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not the newest one, but, you know, the reintroduced version. Um, it's kind of like the perfect once and done movie. I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, okay, you know, this movie has no story. It is a Michael Bay movie, um, despite who is billed as director. Uh, I thought they got the turtles pretty right. I thought the action was fun enough to keep it going, and it was just a, you know, it was a passable, inoffensive time at the movies. Watching it a second time, it was like, okay, this has lost all of its charm, the very little it had of it to begin with, and it has no repeat value. But having seen the sequel to it, I, I can appreciate what this one did. Popcorn Michael. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014. Um, what a perfect two out of four. <laughs> Just right there. Two and a half. Two and... Mm, okay. All right. It depends on how much you want to grade the film on what different values, right? Because you've got a obvious style over substance film. <laughs> there is nothing going on in underneath The Flash. Nothing and the and the spectacle, absolutely nothing going on uh, between like Megan Fox is hot. She's not there to like make April O'Neil an amazing independent character. Will Arnett is funny. He's not there to be deep. Uh, Shredder and Sax are there to be evil for no justifiable reason outside of actually being evil. Okay, the turtles are meant there to be the turtles that you know and love from 1987. <laughs> pizza Hut there is there to sell pizza. Yes. Oh, that's right. There's some really egregious product placement. Oh, Skype was the worst, in my opinion. Uh, Michael Bay movie. <laughs> and so, so you, I like how you said they got the turtles right. Okay, I think they got the turtles right for the version of the turtles that they were going for. Because, as we will talk about earlier, there's a version of the turtles you may know and there's a version of the turtles you may not know <laughs> um and one of them came first uh but 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 i just this movie was nominated for a few raspberries and one best supporting actress megan fox so obviously i mean there was no one else i could have believed did a worse job i don't understand i've said this before on jonah hex <clears throat> excuse me jonah hex jonah hex <laughs> <laughs> there you go that what? good old me. 1800s coal miner cough oh. uh, <laughs> but in, <laughs> Megan Fox I don't know why she's in Hollywood I just don't I, I don't know if she had like one justifiable performance I would but there's not a single one you you, you can justify it you know looking at the budget <laughs> we're in the money <laughs> we're in the money are we moving to the money section 
Uh, we can. All right, let's do that. <laughs> uh, production budget one hundred twenty-five million. We are in the money with that bad boy. Damn. That's a decent number, and it made more than that because its domestic gross is one hundred ninety-one point two million. Add on to that three hundred two point one million from the foreign grosses to bring it to four hundred ninety-three point three million, which is pretty massive. <laughs> Comparatively to like other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films, yeah, especially since people were expecting this movie to not do as well because from basically the point that people found out it was going to be a Michael Bay Turtles movie, they were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> no, I was I was optimistic. Yeah, I when when I was like, Michael Bay is the person to handle the Turtles film. After just saw the last one three times in theaters. <laughs> and, um, like, Secret of the Ooze I had just watched. Oh, well. Turtles in Time I had just watched, and I was like, you know, someone if someone can make me enthusiastic for a Turtles movie, it's Michael Bay. Because it'll be exciting and dumb. <laughs> yes! I appreciate the positivity there. Uh, so did a lot of the audience members, it seems like. Uh, I think I have written down on the uh, notes here, winner, winner, chicken dinner when it comes to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It beat estimates in its opening weekend and brought in $65 million. That, to many box office analysts, the prize topped Guardians of the Galaxy um, for first place when it debuted. Globally, it sits between Rio 2 and the Lego movie as the number 16 movie of 2014, Domestically, it's between 22 Jump Street and Interstellar at number 15. It made five times more money than the last uh, Turtles movie to hit Cedar, which was TMNT in 2007, and made twice as much as its sequel. Which is surprising. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen Out of Shadows. I didn't see either one in theaters, but... I would have assumed Out of Shadows would have made more money. You should hop into your time machine and see this in theaters. Out of Shadows? Uh, no, 2014. Oh, yeah? Like, it's it's the, it's the a bad movie, but I'm really glad I saw it. <laughs> like, because it's just dumb it's, and it's, it's fun. It's perfect Hollywood fluff. And it's not, like, egregious and exploitative like Transformers is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, yeah, yeah. I'll agree to that because I went and saw it in theaters, thinking, "Oh, you know, it's just something to do on a Tuesday afternoon." And I was, I'd say, I wasn't disappointed in uh, how I spent my money. Um, um, I like, isn't it perfectly how Megan Fox describes her career early in the film, of just fluff? it's just nice, yeah, it's just it's nice. Just, it's it's whipped cream. It's it's the it's top froth. It's froth. Thank froth. you. It's froth. It's uh, this movie is exactly froth. It's 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 froth. It's it's the top of your latte. <laughs> uh, and there's a little bit at the end of just like that ooey gooey, but that's about it. Oh, I the my favorite part of the ooey film gooey. by far is the elevator scene. It is easily the top moment of the film for me, just because I thought it was just so perfectly placed. Um, usually it's supposed that's supposed to that might come off as looking dumb and childish of them beatboxing in the right before a big fight scene in the middle of an elevator. But I was like, that's perfect turtles. This whole movie's dumb and childish. Yeah, and that's what yeah. makes it so. It's not a great movie. I don't want to say that's what makes it great. 
But that's what makes it entertaining. It's an entertaining yeah. film to a certain extent. I feel like I came <laughs> off more negative during my first opinion about this movie than I actually am. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, this movie sucks. But like, it's it's good because it's dumb. Yeah. Seems like that that give it character, and in any given summer, you just have you know so many films that are just devoid of that. And even though this isn't a great movie, it has flashes of character. It's a bad movie with heart, you know. Yeah, it's, it's it, you. You can tell that like people are trying. Okay, it's, and they're it's giving their best. Schlock in the best way. <laughs> it's the best kind of schlock. Uh, uh, second or third best kind. Okay, but like. Yeah. There was literally, uh, I forget, there was a schlockmaster who was trying to make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie starring famous comedians of the 90s, including Gallagher, Bobcat Goldthwait, and Billy Crystal would have starred as the Turtles. Three people playing Ooh. four Turtles? I don't remember the fourth name. Okay. okay. I don't remember the fourth comedian. It was probably Rob Schneider. Yo, here's an idea. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles remake. With the original Ghostbusters. <laughs> that would, I don't think any of them would want that. Except one's dead. Oh. <laughs> Remus is dead. Oh, okay. Bring him back to life. Oh, oh, of course. Um, next step. Next step. 26 years later, make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie with all, like, female <laughs> Ninja Turtles. All the turtles from the reboot. And I, I, like, think, like, I think I think a gender swap Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie might not be worse than a gender swapped Ghostbusters movie. Gender swaps are always interesting ideas. They Adventure don't... Time does them really well, but that's what's a kids cartoon? <laughs> it's not just a kids cartoon. Well, it, okay, it's catered as a kids cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's move on to comic book section. All right. Not a whole lot to go on here. Uh, as we all know, perhaps, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is based on the uh, f- cult classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book published by Mirage Studios or Mirage Comics uh, by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. My favorite publishing company, it's called Mirage. Because it's literally founded by Eastman and Laird, and they didn't have a company. They just made up that name and called it Mirage, literally because there's nothing but them in their garage. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like so Triop. It should have been, been called Garage. Yeah. It garage Studios. It should have been called Triop Cop Productions. Uh, and- <laughs> oh, oh uh, actually, uh, Garage Studios is... Uh- they produced my band's album in high school. Oh, yeah. how very interesting. It was me and our guitar player and our drummer. <laughs> uh, but there are a couple characters that I would like to talk about that have premiered in this film for the first time in live action form. That is Bernadette Thompson, a.k.a. Burn Thompson, who is not a comic book character. Uh, he was a created for the... Very famous 1987 television, children's television show, the very first rendition of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that lasted 10 seasons. That is insane. 10 seasons. That's a really long run. Yes. And it held the record for longest running animation program 
until it got beat out by Simpsons two years later. And now Arthur? Yes, Arthur by now. Yeah. Arthur by now. But at the time, it held the record for two years. Burn Thompson uh, is a creation for the television show. Uh, Burn is it's a male character in the uh, cartoon series, not Whoopi Goldberg, as it is in the film. Uh, but Burn is April O'Neil's boss at Channel 6 News. He is an expressed turtle hater and, uh, much like J. Jonah Jameson and Spider-Man, believes them to be a menace to society and wastes, and wishes April would expose them for the criminals that they are. And we just see Whoopi Goldberg say about two lines and leave in the film. Wow. You gotta get paid. <laughs> uh, next character is Vern Fenwick. Fenwick. Also uh, made for the TV show. Honestly, like, the, the comic book ran for 10 years-ish. Um, on and again, it had four volumes, five. But a lot of the famous elements of the Turtles come from the children's television show. All right? Uh, the comic book was very, very dark in tone, mostly drawn in black and white. And when it was in color, all the Turtles wore red bandanas. They didn't have multicolored bandanas to differentiate them. Um, there was a fair amount of murder, a fair amount of profanity, a fair amount of alcohol consumption in the... A fair amount of seppuku. Yes, uh, seppuku is also around in that uh, first comic book run. <laughs> Ex- explain to our listeners who don't and hosts that don't know what that is. Uh, seppuku is killing yourself with a samurai sword by stabbing yourself through the gut and then driving it upwards. Okay. Yes. So, I've always thought it was sideways. Oh, well, up and side, like a Z formation. Zoro. Yes, you're trying to cause max damage to your innards and kill yourself. You just disembowel yourself. Yep. Uh, so that was around. That, of course, none of that showed up in the 1987 show. We get Cowabunga and Pizza Dude. It's Cowabunga Dude. Yes, I know. And Pizza Dude. <laughs> Bodacious. Yeah. Uh, shell of a time. Stuff like that. Hey, <laughs> kick some shell. Or, tonight I will dine on turtle soup. <laughs> that was a famous line of Shredder. And crane in the technodrome. <laughs> the technodrome. Uh, that was around in the in the book, um, but <laughs> a bit different. Uh, so, the 19, we have Vern Fenwick, who is made for TV. We're going back to him. He's April's can- cameraman, played by Will Arnett in the movie. Um... But later, he becomes a rival news reporter in the show. Vern is the stereotypical bully, jerkwad, irredeemable coward character. Uh, as in, he constantly sabotages April's stories, but avoids doing any dangerous work himself to get a scoop. Uh, the turtles save his life multiple times, yet still he hates them and participates in Burn Thompson's anti-mutant campaigns. So Vern Fenwick's just kind of a douche. And instead we get uh, semi-crushing on April O'Neil and being comedic, more comedic relief. Just froth. Yeah. Um, the driver. Which Will Arnett is good at. <laughs> and finally, the last character I got on the list is uh, Karai, uh, premiered in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 53 in 1993. Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird both worked on that one. So, like I said before, the books tend to be brutal. We're going to show you some examples of that with uh, Karay's story. 
Uh, Karay in the movie, you might not rem- remember her that much. She didn't say much in the film. She was just sort of a silent Japanese assistant to Shredder. Killed a couple dudes, I think. That was about it. Was in a couple fights. But in her origin, Karay shows up as... Or Karai, sorry. Karai shows up during the City at War storyline as a high-ranking member of the Foot Clan. She is trying to restore balance to the city because everything went to shit when Leonardo murdered Shredder and Shredder's five elite took over and started senselessly killing factions of the Foot Clan in a mad grab for power. So Karai enlists the help of the Turtles to kill the elite in return for a truce between them and the Foot Clan. They battle to the top of the elite stronghold, a skyscraper of course, and when they arrive, they find a member holding a corpse of an infant child. This turned out to be Karai's daughter. So, in retaliation, Karai sneakily gets a hold of Shredder's old armor, and while disguised as him, orders all of the elite to commit seppuku, which we described earlier. Only one of them buys that dumb bullshit. <laughs> and after a root... Ru- I mean, come on. I mean, it's either all for one or none. I, if one person just starts commuting seppuku and he's just like, nobody else is doing this? I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm alone here? It's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> he must have just wanted to do it anyway. <laughs> so... After that, it's four on four plus Karai, and they battle, and the turtles win, of course. Um, the elite leave. Well, they're dead. Uh, Karai, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I need to adjust my writing. Uh, Karai keeps to her promise of a truce and returns to Japan. And the foot, she says, the Foot Clan will never bother them again. Uh, much later, she shows up a couple more times in some not as eventful storylines. But she's much more utilized in the 2003 to 2009 animated series TMNT, um, which in that she is included in a lot of episodes as both a femme fatale for Leonardo, which they never had a confirmed romantic relationship as to not be weird. <laughs> and uh, it, they altered. What could you mean? <laughs> and they altered her story wise so that now she is actually the daughter of Shredder. Uh, before having no relation to him in the books. I almost want to see that storyline in, like, the cheesy old 80s uh, animated series, like, just out of nowhere, seppuku and infant murder. When when they say teenager, do they mean, like, 18 or 19? Or is there a second reason that that relationship would be fucked up? (laughs) Turtle? (laughs) That's the first reason. Oh, I'm sorry. Ninjas aren't allowed to marry. Uh, It's against... Okay, that's not that's not the reason that relationship would be fucked up, though. <laughs> Are you kidding me? With this shit, it's because the, we don't know how the whole turtle-human thing would work. Right, okay, that's the first reason. The second reason is, when they say teenager, do they mean 18 or 19, or do they mean younger than that? Typically, they always look like they're in their 20s, right? Even though they say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, well... You know, because the ooze ages their maturity up. Is that how it works? In some instances, yes. Okay. In the 1987 television show, the ooze actually instantaneously mutated them. Okay. 
So I knew that they did not. They did not have this like whole training period during infancy where uh, Splinter raised them and made them ninjas. We see that in almost every single other iteration, but the original cartoon. Yeah. Public service announcement: Turtles carry large amounts of salmonella. Please avoid intimate contact with turtles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of, also don't fuck a raw chicken. <laughs> Jesus Christ! For for similar reasons, <laughs> I didn't even think we were going yeah, there. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to music, as I want to. <laughs> I've I have a joke. I want you to edit it out. Okay, I said. God damn it. I said, don't fuck a raw chicken. I should have said, don't fuck a chicken raw. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try to cook a chicken by fucking it either. (laughs) How much of that can I leave it? Uh... Use your discretion. Just don't make me sound like a creepy pervert. Oh, it's all in good fun, Ben. I, yeah. I know nobody thinks you're fucking chickens. <laughs> Until I said that. Until now. <laughs> Music, please. Don't, what I don't want you to do is edit it so it sounds like you're saying, like, you fuck chickens. Why would I, have I ever have done that? I don't know. Yeah, well... <laughs> fucking re-listen and then you'll ever call me on my shit wow okay okay so um like (laughs) where there's so much less chicken fucking and salmonella going on (laughs) thankfully oh music for this new tmnt movie is done by brian tyler who we've talked on this program about before as the composer of iron man 3 uh story of the dark world and Avengers because his score for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is big and fanfaric and heroic and sounds exactly like those three. Let's play the first track, entitled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sound like right. Turtles. 
Oh, yeah, I'll be on that. Be on that spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bring up some trouble. I mean, Very much so, and you can hear that in the background. You know, they utilize more of the taiko drums, uh, traditionally Japanese instruments, etc. But they always find room for the 90s choir in the background there, too. Coolio. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't I mean, I've heard this sound before. It's definitely generic. It's, it's like the rest of it. <laughs> Just kind of generic action. Mm. No, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just yeah, I, would, I, would, I would say that, but like my first opinion, I assume what comes next, and that is the definition of generic by all comparison sake. This has actual character to it, <laughs> despite having heard it. Last seen it a thousand times before. The last track I've got on the docket is uh, appropriately enough called Cowabunga. Play it, bruh! <laughs> Skyward, you said last track, so are we not listening to the turtle rap? Oh man, do we have to listen to the turtle rap? I had it, uh, I had it uh, down as the last, uh, the exit song. Oh, I guess talking about shell shocked, right? Yeah, I guess we could. I was thinking of maybe because um, I don't know. We it's it an interesting one to talk about because I really don't. That's obviously wasn't done by Brian Tyler. It's been done by Vanilla Ice. No, that's from <laughs> that's from Secret of the Ooze. Secret yeah. of the Ooze. What's um, what's Shell Shock? Who, who at least who does that one? 
Um, here, let me pull it up because I remember reading about it, but I don't have anything planned on it. Sorry. But uh, there is actually a shock in there for you if uh, you will believe it. Okay, so for this movie in particular, uh, there was a song written called Shell Shock. It was recorded by approximately 20,000 people. Uh, artists uh, who are credited with it are Juicy J, Wiz Khalifa, Ty Dolla Sign. 20,000? 20,000 artists? 20,000. The population yes. of... Of Mankato? Some... No. No. No, like a St. Peter. Of... Yeah, I was going to say St. Peter. St. Peter, Minnesota. Yeah, St. Peter really stepped it up and uh, delivered on the soundtrack. <laughs> um, what? Okay, so my explanation for that. Uh, Actually, comment. it's about double the population of St. Peter. Plus college kids? <laughs> college kids aren't in there. That's Gustavus. Gustavus' huh. population is at least 10,000 students. Just, I just Googled it. St. Peter is a city located in Nicollet County, Minnesota. They don't do census the population on students. The oh. Mankato has a population of 50,000 people, all right? Plus MSU Mankato and Bethany College and Rasmussen and South Central, you bring the population up to almost 75,000. I'm I'm just going by what the census says, man. No, 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 no. The population at the ten, 2010 census was 11,196 I'm cutting people. all of this out, by the way, because this is garbage. But <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad my offhanded comment there could it's not offhand. Twenty thousand. That's people? a ridiculous number. It is, but how many people did it take to write a fucking song? Uh, okay. Why would it take twenty thousand? It took six people to write "Drunken Love" <laughs> by Beyonce featuring Jay Z. Why? That it, I'm not surprised about. And that's the number one single of 2014. It took two other clones of Beyonce and Jay Z to make that song. That's six people. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it might be 20,000 people if you're like, oh, we're going to count every single employee at <laughs> at EMIA Records. Yes, something like that. But there's also another reason I said that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Shell Shot. It's a song by Juicy J, Wiz Khalifa, Ty Dolla Sign, along with electronic music artists, artists Kill the Noise, who is actually Jake Stanzak, and an artist known as Mad Sonic, who you will recognize by the name Brian Tyler. What? Brian Tyler did indeed write this song in some regard. That's five people. You have 19,995 <laughs> left to name, and it's still... What you've listed is fewer than the number of producers of Drunken Love by Beyonce featuring Jay-Z. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, if Brian Tyler wrote this song, then you can assume that all of his underlings, producers, are involved with that. Wait and a if second. Do you, are you, you're not quoting a source here? You just said 20,000? You 20, just made 000? up a number? I did just make up a you number. You son of a bitch! Damn it. What? Fuck off. Uh, what the what did you think I was meaning? I, you were like, you, looked like you were reading something. It sound, you had the tone of voice where you're like, yeah, 20,000 people wrote the song. Uh, I, okay. It, we needed a source. Uh, okay. I'm glad I got, I've got. i gotten to the point where my sarcasm is so advanced <laughs> that it sounds 
actually real. Well, this no. is like this is a factual first cast, okay? <laughs> we can't be just saying shit like that. Sarcastic. <laughs> you had you had. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. It didn't take twenty people to finish the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. It took one other dude, Brian Sanderson. <laughs> I was like, and that's one of the longest fantasy epic series that's ever been written. Like, was fucking Apocalyptica on this track? That's four cell, five cellos. Still, I was just and like, sometimes a drummer. That's what, what's again up? six people. <laughs> oh my god! Was okay, there so six? In all literal, you could combine senses. the producers of Drunken Love by Beyonce featuring Jay Z <laughs> with. Every member that's ever been in Apocalyptica, plus every, like, the founding members of Pink Floyd. Multiply that by 5,000. No. Multiply that by... 200. 200. Ish. And then we'd be getting close. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, speaking of math and science... Yes. We're going to move on. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm done, I guess. <laughs> You're No, you were fucking done so a little done. bit ago. You're fired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm cutting you off. <laughs> oh. To 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 method science. We have two yeah. topics today. We have two topics. Uh which one do you want first? Let's let's do them in order. So Okay. I guess we have never talked about the plot of this movie. I would hope not. <laughs> I can't, I honestly can't remember what the plot of this movie and I watched it this afternoon. Um, it, but there's it, something about a super deadly virus mm-hmm. that's getting released all over New York City. Top of a tower. Yeah. And uh, wait, are we talking about Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, yes. <laughs> but also the, the same thing happens in this movie. Okay. Um, so there's some guy, his name's Sack. Yep. <laughs> Actually, he's multiple. Um, Sacks. Oh, Sacks. Yes. Um, He's a sack of sacks. Yeah, Sack Boy is going to release a deadly virus from the top of a tower, infect the whole city, and they have to come to him for a cure, and he makes a billion dollars. Yes. So he's like that guy that jacked up the price of the AIDS medicine. Uh, Pfizer is the company. No, it was like a oh, dude. Shit. Yeah. Like I know. one Screlly. dude. Oh, it's Screlly. Yes, he's yeah. right. So it was kind of like that, where he's going like, to store people because they need to not die. Mm-hmm. Um, his plan's kind of really dumb. Of course. Why do you think it's kind of dumb? Well, first of all, uh, he already owns a castle. How much more rich do you need to get? Sure. Uh, second of all, you wouldn't want to give them just one cure. You want to give them a lifetime of cures in there order to make go. a lot of more money. There's there's one reason it's dumb. Like, you don't sell a cure. You sell something that, like treats the symptoms mm-hmm. and and like does an okay job of it but you got to keep coming back that's the capitalist way that's what uh uh i mean that's what world of warcraft does it that's how dad does it god damn it that's something that's how, iron man quote <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> I, I could, I could that's work how it. the american pharmaceutical network does it right okay um so you gotta keep people coming back buying your product because they need it now mm-hmm. Why, on God's green earth, would you release a deadly virus? <laughs> a deadly virus. Yes. You don't want to kill people. No. You want to make them 
suffer, mm-hmm. but not kill them. Yes. You you don't want to give them the Spanish flu or smallpox or r- rabies. No. You know you don't want to give something or, that will actually kill them. You or fever, give... fever. <laughs> or turtle fever. Right. None of those. Those will kill you. You want to give them something that's chronic. Mm-hmm. Not the bubonic chronic that not, made me no, choke. No, not... Shit, this ain't no joke. I had to back up off on it and set my cup down. Okay. I don't know what disease that would be. Okay. Um, probably just like a cold. Yeah. Can you imagine just like a cold... You want to give like everyone pneumonia. You want to give them, you want to give them like a stuffy nose. Mm-hmm. And then you want to be like, hey, I got this independent medical researcher like from a hospital, you know, St. Joe's Hospital in Boston. Mm-hmm. They figured out it's this new virus. Well, can you not cure viruses? Oh, you can treat symptoms. Uh, you know, there are there are antivirals and mm-hmm. you can vaccinate against them. But like if your goal is to make money, you don't create a disease that kills people. You create a disease that causes long-term symptoms mm-hmm. and then you treat those symptoms. So he's a bad businessman. Yes. Is I guess what I'm getting at with yeah. this. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. what even Shredder's doing. Shredder just wants to get rich. He already has a suit of armor he's already a cyborg with a suit of armor i don't yeah i don't get like, what's what do he you want need money for yeah you're a badass you've also got a whole clan of ninjas yeah you're ravaging new york city with your clan of ninjas the news is talking about it so first of all you're not good ninjas right uh second of all just take over kill do you want the deadly virus to be deadly, or do you want to rule people? I don't know what you want, you know, Shredder. If you, if you kill everyone, you can't make money, and you can't rule over people. Yeah, I don't... Everyone's I don't, dead. Yeah. You're you're ruling over a wasteland. Mm. See, that's the that's the problem of the film. Yeah. The problem. The, the villain has fair. no clear motivation, and it's dumb. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I've been to New York several times, and I've experienced similar thoughts as these bad businessmen must have had so I mean, just, just, just fucking kill everything <laughs> alright so speaking of uh, life's uh, greater pleasures oh, uh, I, I don't know about that <laughs> let's get to the second topic <laughs> the 99 cheese pizza yes from the famous scene when uh, Splinter was getting them to break about how they spent their last evening and mm-hmm. he brought in a 99 cheese pizza a 99 not ninety nine cents, not ninety nine dollars. Literally, Which 99. you can get both of those in New York City. There's, yes, there's a pizza that famously has done like a dollar for a slice of pizza since like the sixties. Mm-hmm. They haven't changed their prices. But a ninety nine cheese pizza. Yes, and it's you actually real. have to go to Australia for it. It's real though. It's real though. It looks disgusting as hell actually it looks kind of good but <laughs> like 99 cheeses yeah all right how is this made and a swiss ain't one how does this even work all uh, right first of all that's a real source all right 99 is the correct number 99 is the correct number this is you could you like is it twenty thousand cheeses it's a twenty thousand cheese pizza <laughs> um it's 94 cheeses plus six more as a topping for a total of twenty thousand <laughs> Oh, that looks much more egregious than my comment. <laughs> uh, no, um, so it's it's it was created by a Johnny D. Francesco from Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, it's ninety four cheeses 
blended together and then melted on top of a pizza crust. And then it's topped with five more. It's not layered, though. It's not layered. And I'm not sure which would be grosser. (laughs) Because for me, like, how many layers on a pizza can you really have? Before it becomes just a mountain? Like, mozzarella. Okay. I think we can all agree on that. Yes. And then you can top it with, like, Asiago or Romero mm-hmm. or Parmesan, like one or two of those. So you get three layers. Mm-hmm. And or, then some, or some Ray Romano. Uh, yeah. Yeah, some of that too. And then if you want to like go really overboard, bits of ricotta on top of that. So like we're talking three to five layers of cheese. Well, there's a cheese. six cheese out there. That's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, but the, the Torah forbids it. <laughs> the Torah forbids The Torah okay, I- I'm looking at this thing right now, and it has, like, little mountains of what looks like blue cheese or cottage cheese it's, or whatever the hell it is. It, it, that would be either ricotta or some kind of goat cheese. Probably ricotta. Yeah. Um, this is an abomination, and it's, it could only come from the nation of Mad Max. It's it's a 99 cheese pizza, and that's just too many. I mean, uh, see, why I get, did we have to ask ourselves if we... Could. It's the it's Jurassic Park, right? Scientists are like it's it's Frankenstein. It's Jurassic Park. We were like, hey, we can clone dinosaurs and set them free on an island. We can, uh, whatever Frankenstein was about. We can reanimate a dead body. We can reanimate a dead body. We can put ninety four cheeses on a pizza, bake that, and then put five more on top of it. We never. At any point in that process, asked, you know, should we? <laughs> Isn't like seven layer dip? That's kind of that's starting to get a little gross. <laughs> Can you imagine like a ninety nine layer dip? <laughs> and and you know, is is a is a not, is does making every layer cheese does that make it any better? Does hey you know it's similar to. Uh, was it Naked Love, the, the producer, or what was the song you keep mentioning? How uh, Drunken Love. I'm sorry. So, uh, so Drunken Love, produced by Beyonce and Jay Z. Is it safe to say that Jay Z in that scenario has 99 problems and all of them are cheese? Okay, for one thing, <laughs> 99 problems is uh, Kanye West featuring Jamie Foxx, <laughs> and. Uh, Cool. I already made a 99 Problems in a Swiss Ain't One joke. There we go. That's how I started the segment, you casual fuck. <laughs> Whoa. Um, oh, okay. It's by Jay-Z. 99 Problems is by Jay-Z, you fuck. I'm, I'm thinking of Slow Jams. Go fuck Kanye yourself. West featuring Jamie Foxx and also Twista. We're fucking done with your segment because you got that shit wrong. Oh, well, I get one thing wrong. Skyler gets 19,995 <laughs> things wrong. And my segment's the one that's getting truncated. You're both I'm getting a truncated. professional. <laughs> well, good thing I closed the outline, so I don't... <laughs> we got, we're going for a couple of fun facts that I was looking up right before. Oh, uh, fun fact, this movie starts with an animated sequence with the voiceover narration yes which i saw like i rewatched it this morning and i saw that and i was like oh fuck (laughs) we know what that means (laughs) it's gonna be shit uh so the early screenplay had the turtles coming from dimension x 
where Krang is originally from, actually, and Shredder being an alien that grows spikes. Uh, This early screenplay got released. If you remember this news story, it had some huge backlash at the, as it was working titled, Ninja Turtles idea, and it was scrapped. Shredder being called Colonel Schrader. (laughs) Um, Whoopi Goldberg seeked out a role in TMNT because her daughter is such a big fan of the series. That's nice. Leonardo has always wielded Ninjanto, which are straight blades, uh, which also are commonly mistaken for katanas. Which are all lesbians. (laughs) Which are curvy blades. They go both ways. Uh, (laughs) In the movie, he is actually wielding katanas for the first time, so they get to call them katanas. I mean, I don't really have that many fun facts, but I've got one killer. Kill him. Those are facts. Those are facts. Oh, God. By Metallica featuring Cliff Burton. There is a 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles porn parody. No. Starring April O'Neil as April O'Neil and characters such as Casey Bones. Okay. Master Sphincter. No! <laughs> Michelangelo. Okay. <laughs> Dongatello. Okay. Raphaelis. Mm. And Leonardo. No. Teaming up to overcome the evil spreader. That one's pretty good. <laughs> the, o- the only one I like vehemently eject to is Master Sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's. That's I don't want to kink shame anybody, but that's fucking gross. <laughs> First of all, it's a rat. Second of all, it's a rat's butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, drink to forget that. So, <laughs> ten, 10 inch. So, like, they're. I hope to God they're just 10 inches tall. <laughs> well, a piece of them is. And it's their shell. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, boy. And their dick. I'm... Oh, lordy. Oh, God. Hey, so... guess what? Drinking game rolls. <laughs> you know what? That's it. Um, Which do you think is a better movie? <laughs> Looks like that. We'll wrap it up for today. <laughs> Super fans. We're going to skip right over drinking game rolls. Unless do we have... I don't know who oh, that. shred no that beer can for the reshoots mandated shredder person who's not really shredder. And and drink like an entire thirty pack of PBR after eating a ninety nine cheese pizza because <laughs> you're never gonna poop anyway. <laughs> oh, you're about to be blessed with a wonderful gut. If, if you look at the picture of. The person who created this 99 cheese pizza, like, you can tell he's never pooped in his entire life. (laughs) Not even once. (laughs) Oh, shit. There's a Teenage (laughs) Turtle, like, DVD cover in the background of one of these pictures. Well, it's because the guy who invented this pizza was invited to the world premiere. Yeah, he basically did it in conjunction with the movie to be like, hey, we can do it. Fucking Michael Bay with his product placement, trying to get people to buy $400 99 (laughs) cheese pizzas. Oh, man. Um, uh, I'm saving 
the other drinking game rule for next time because it applies way too much. Okay. Uh, a question though: Why was why was reboot reshoots mandated for the Shredder person? What was that Ooh. all about again? Ooh, fun story. Guess what? Um, William Fitchner, who played Sax, was originally supposed to be Shredder, and then people got wind of that along the lines of you know the Ninja Turtles idea, and we're super not into having a you know, basically whitewashed Shredder. So then at the last minute, they were like, okay, we need just some random guy to be Shredder. And that's exactly what they did. It's kind of a, well, why would they be concerned about whitewashing Shredder? Cause he wears a mask <laughs> <laughs> and I am not aware like what his race was in the original Japan, Japanese. Okay. His, yeah. His name was Oroku Saki. Yeah. Oroku Saki. Okay, yeah, but he's Shredder, though. Mm, yeah. It, it it still looks really bad when you take a traditionally Japanese character and... Who always him as, wears an a old mask. Guy. <laughs> Who yeah. never takes off his armor. And we never see his face. <laughs> I guess... That changes for the next time. Oh, well, hopefully Shredder, like, has a purpose next time. Oh, you may just made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> His purpose is to sell Shredder action figures. Well, he's is he is literally based on a cheese grater. Uh, it's a ninety nine cheese grater. <laughs> That's when when I believe uh, Peter Laird was washing dishes and he scraped his hand on a cheese grater. He went, "This is a great idea for a villain," and was going to call him Grater or Great Man. Shredder's way better. Yes. Shredder's way better. We did end in a good spot. <laughs> like right now. So, looks like that'll wrap it up today, super fans. Super Movie Studies is recorded and produced by Tribe Cop Productions, currently hijacking the KMSU studios. Yeah. And uh, speaking of a tangent, no, speaking of a segue, uh, you can subscribe to us on our iTunes page. While you're there, you can drop us a rating. You can leave a review. And we'll really appreciate it. And you can subscribe. I think I already said that. M. Which stands for Monday. Mon- Monday? People don't know when this show comes out because you never oh. tell them. Yeah, new episodes air on Monday. <laughs> I, I I have to be the one to say it. Feel free to write it down. <laughs> we are super awesome on Twitter. Our good friend Twitter, Tom, maintains that shit to a T. Um, feel free to generate any conversation there if you feel so inclined. I remember I shared a story earlier this week about how Man of Steel is getting a sequel, and I tagged both uh, Twitter Tom and Maurer, and only Twitter Tom replied. So, even though I was like, Maurer's going to be super excited about that. At Super Letter M Study! <laughs> At Super M Studies. Well, I'm not really on Twitter, because I've got a guy for that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, no, but really, uh, first of all, Twitter, Tom, love you, but, uh, I'm not on Twitter because I'm too busy editing this shit, asshole. Nobody else does it. Well, no, no one else has the expertise. You could learn. I, I could learn. It's very easy. Is it? Though? It's just time consuming, jerk. Yes. Okay. Finally, we've got tryopcop.com. 
A backlog of beautiful, beautiful episodes are waiting for you. Every week you get the freshest episode. That's right. If you subscribe on iTunes, thank you, first of all. Second of all, please note that you're getting it one week late compared to those who just show up on the website and download slash play from there. You can also take a look at our show notes, our drinking game rules from shows gone by, and feel free to get involved with the show. You want to be on it. You've got a cool idea for a segment. I'm always up for new, cool topics. It's been so long since we've done like a random kind of show, right? This just hasn't been based on a specific topic. That's been based on an idea more than a topic. I would love one of those. If you've just got something superhero comic book related that you just want to spit for 15 minutes, we're here to talk to you. Just send us an email at... Super Movie Studies at triopcop.com. That is T R I O P C O P dot com for your listening pleasure. You can't measure. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Mauer. James Gatherhatswell. And Ben Anderson. And we hope you all have a Calabunga week. It was now, on to that song written by 20,000 people. <laughs> Twenty thousand people. Twenty thousand turtles. This is the wrote this song. This is this is the work. It's a show of the time. There we go. Turtle power.